Touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. FX Pro Super Rugby. Coming your way until August. The biggest season ever. It's Rugby Supercharged. Hello, good morning, and who'd have thought would come to this? All roads lead to Hamilton. <laughs> All roads lead to Hamilton. Next Saturday night, the Chiefs will be home to the Sharks in the final of the Super 15. Tour- tourism must be going nuts at the moment oh, because yes. Waikato Bop Magic won the netball as well. Waikato Bop Magic. It'd be amazing. Massive those, town. Those, those two hotels will be booked out. <laughs> they will be. And look, can I just say, uh, Tim Hoare and Matt Burke, that at the beginning of the season, uh, third of the way through the season, in the middle of the season, even as to last week, neither of you was telling me, hey, Tony, I've got to look at what I think's going to happen. Is the Chiefs will play the Sharks. <laughs> Neither of you. I'm hedging no bets. No. I'm hedging bets. <laughs> on, one, on one medium, I'm, I'm saying one thing. On another, I'm saying something completely so, different. A huge performance from the Sharks last night. It wasn't against the Storm. was to beat them at home in Cape Town. That yeah. was great. It was a, and a frantic game. We'll get into that a little bit uh, after. But it was a, a brilliant game that... Uh, that Physicality and a classic style, you know, South African way. That's on top, of course, the Chiefs beating the Crusaders 20 to 17. That sets up the final. We will get there next. We'll also talk to Will Genia, what he's up to, the Australian Super Rugby uh, Super 15 player of the season. Plus, we will all the latest and uh, from the Festival of the Rings. London 2012. <laughs> That's what I'm allowed to call it, ladies and gentlemen. This is The Ruck. In excess, new sensation on The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. It's come down to the final it's, uh, next weekend. The Chiefs will play the Sharks. It's on Saturday night in Hamilton, and it happened because the uh, Chiefs got over the Crusaders. 20-17, to 17, uh, and the Sharks, too good for the Stormers, 26-19. Both great performances, uh, Timmy, from those teams that uh, make their way into the final. Oh, incredible, for the, especially for the way that the Sharks have played. They finished sixth in the competition. Yep. They just scraped in, so they came across to uh, played them. The Queensland Reds, everyone thought, well, the Reds would get over them. No yeah. one was virtually tipping the Sharks. Then they go back to South Africa um, on the on the Sunday night. They land in Johannesburg, go straight down to Cape Town, stay there for three days and, and play the Stormers. And uh, it's a wonderful match for, for them to then come back and to play the Chiefs. It'll be a great game in Hamilton. But I, I'm not sure, Berkey, where um, the... the, the the Chiefs would stand on this, whether they should move the game to Eden Park where there's a capacity of over 50,000 mm. and make their supporters travel an hour and a half up the highway or stay in their stadium for 25,000. I think they'd probably stay because the atmosphere of the, the cowbells and that's where they've won all their games this year. Why is it the cowbells? Why do they love the cowbells? I don't well, know. I think they just, they probably haven't progressed to those little two little blow-up sticks that everyone holds now and hits them <laughs> the together. The little ones. Yeah. <laughs> they're trying, sure that's a progression, really, Jim. <laughs> they're waiting for the rest of the world to take on to the Mulu Bells. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a good game last night, Dohemi. Uh, Timmy, I should say. It was it was fast. It was uh, it was frantic. Classically South African style as well. Um, the, the tries from the Sharks were, were great. Freddie Michelac, the, the old French international just controlled the game but the the big the biggest one out of the game was Bismarck Duplessis got stunned in a tackle yeah. uh, by Eben Estebeth the second row from from South Africa he actually had the ball and Bismarck the name again, please? Eben Estebeth he's not actually Mexican or Spanish <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but he got he took the ball up and uh, and stunned him which I've never seen before it was a massive hit and the game sort of got stopped after that so 
it's a uh, it was a big influence on the game. But the Sharks got up in the end. Right. I think these shoulder charges too, Berkey, is something that you know it's it's relevant in rugby league at the moment. It's, yeah. it's banned in in union, which it should be. But mm. I, I think um, it should be banned right across the three sports. So the three codes: rugby union, rugby league, and AFL. I can't believe. What people are talking about in rugby league, you've got some very high profile ex players and players saying that, you know, leave the shoulder charge in the game. I think it's ridiculous. I was actually, I was at a schoolboy game yesterday and there was a 15 year old boy who was absolutely KO'd by a shoulder charge. Really? And it's going to take someone to be really injured or, you know, be in a wheelchair for, for people to sit up and take note that it just should be outlawed. It should be red carded straight away. He was in a bit of rugby game, a schoolboy rugby game. Yep, schoolboy rugby game. And Where it's, it is actually it, illegal to shoulder charge. Yeah, and it, what's happening is that the kids are very impressionable and they're yeah. seeing what's happening, you know, on television and, and, and it should not It should be outlawed. It's, uh, I can't believe that you've got people like, you know, I saw, I saw an article in the paper today from Scott Sattler, also Mel Meninga saying it's part of the game. I can't believe it's part of the game, maybe at that level, but certainly not in junior well, level. Well, to me, my Michael Crocker from South Sydney, of course, it was Greg Inglis who did the shoulder charge, a sickening one. He went to Disneyland just beyond Dean Young when he mm. got hit. He was saying that we're now focusing too much on the result rather than the actual tackle, and, and you shouldn't be concerned about the results. If the result is serious injury, why wouldn't we be concerned about yeah. the results? It just seems a, bit, a silly way to go about it. We've seen, uh, we've seen refereeing decision in the past that if a bloke gets knocked out, it's penalised and put on report, for example, this is a, in, in the game of rugby league. But if he doesn't, it's sort of play on. So it's cause and effect at the same time, but the cause is the shoulder chart. So, yeah, not not great. I mean, you can see the... I mean, it's, it's a contact sport, both games, and when there's a big hit made, it's great, but they're just missing at the moment. They're missing badly. Well, the margin for error is so small with the mm. shoulder charge. That is a problem. And this whole idea that it's a gladiatorial contest oh, seems to me ridiculous. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we do. everybody likes that contact, but it really people surely aren't going to the game to see somebody carted off. Uh, well, the, hit, the hits are hard enough as it is in, in all, all forms of uh, the game, uh, union, you know, AFL and, and league at the moment. It just should be outlawed. It just shouldn't happen at, senior, at any level in the game. You know, it's, uh, there's going to be some kids that are going to get very, very badly hurt. David Pocock, uh, he's off. He's away from the force. What will it mean for them? What will it mean for the Brumbies? We'll chat him next, uh, talk about that. What Plus, our guest later in the show, Will Gania, right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. On The Ruck, your Sunday rugby show. Good morning. I uh, hope you're enjoying a lovely Sunday. Uh, we'll get you some information about that Festival of the Rings in London that many people are keen on. Uh, all the lowdown, all the dirt in uh, about 15 minutes right here on The Ruck. Right now, though... Uh, no Australian teams featuring in the final, no, in the uh, semi-final uh, of the Super 15. Question, big question marks about some of the franchises within the Australian Conference, certainly the Western Force, and now with David Pocock announcing that he is leaving the Western Force, and he seems to have been, along with Nathan Sharp, heart and soul, really. Mm. He's been there since, what, 17? He was 17, I think? He, uh, he yep, might signed might as signed a 17-year-old, came out of the church... Churchy School in uh, Brisbane, yeah, and signed went straight across to Perth as a seventeen-year-old. So he's been there a long time. He has absolutely, and he's and he's developed into well, a key, perhaps the key Wallaby, uh, an amazing player. Now he's decided to go to the Brummies. He's sent an open letter, or written an open letter to the supporters of rugby in Western Australia, and uh, it's terrific because you know they, they rugby players. I don't know if it's any different to rugby league players. The first sentence wouldn't be the same. Some decisions in life are very difficult. Uh, <laughs> Um, when you know, anyway, he's uh, sent this beautiful letter, which we'll get to in a moment. But I, I'm very concerned about the Western Force, Maddie. Um, mm. What does it mean for them? Before we get on what it means for the Brumbies, which is obviously all positive, they don't have a coach, and now long, no longer have David Pocock. 
the season is, you know, sure, it's, this one's just finished, but it's not that long before they've got to start performing. H- how are they going to go? Oh, that's exactly right. Richie Graham, you know, left halfway through the year. Yep. Um, well, he, he he made a decision to go to Queensland, and then they punted him out of the club. Um, they're still touting that Foley's going to go there for a three-year uh, three deal as well. So, in effect, the Force and Waratahs are in, yeah. in, in max turmoil at the moment yeah. because they don't know what's going on. Uh, with Sharp leaving as well, uh, Pocock gone. Yeah, you're right. The heart and soul's gone out of the team. So who's going to who's going to lead it? I, I saw that another note saying that you know they've still got a, an incredible back row and the rest of it, but they need to attract the people to the to the team to the franchise. And if you're losing the big names uh, like the ones that we just mentioned, it makes it hard to recruit. So, but I think I think Berkey, like David Pocock, his decision he, he took his time over his decision to to leave the club as well. He gave the club the Western Force plenty of time to recruit um, a really high profile coach to recruit high-profile players. Will Guinea uh, backflipped, and I don't think... If Will Guinea had signed with the Western Force, I reckon that David Pocock would have stayed in the West. So uh, a big issue was attracting players and attracting... It's been a, such a long time since Richard Graham, the Force coach, has left, mm. and they've had so much time to find a new coach. And I think David Pocock's patience just wore thin. Um, I know he has said before that he wants to be in a Super Rugby final or the chance to be in a Super Rugby final and he can't see it happening at the Western Force in the next five to six years. Well, he's not alone there. <laughs> yeah. no, I don't think anybody can see it happening. But I, think, but I think with the Western Force, they do. They are getting one more extra international player next year. I think they need probably two or three extra international players to shore their team up because I, I saw a report that you know someone like Kevin Peterson, who's coming out for the Big Bash, potentially he wants to come out, they're the type of names in, in cricket that lifts the profile of that sport. And, you know, you imagine, Berkey, if Johnny Wilkinson was still, you know, good enough to bring Johnny Wilkinson out for six months to the Western Force, how mm. that would lift the game. It's like a Freddie Michelet playing for the Sharks at the moment, yep. isn't it? You're getting international players who can still play, not at the end of their career, like you and I were, Tim, when we went overseas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually can play and contribute. Well, you, but, they still you... have, but they still haven't got a coach, though. That's the thing. Like, yeah. Michael, Michael Foley's staying at the Waratahs. I know that. And I heard that Alan Gaffney will be either head coach or director of rugby. So they're just moving the deck chairs there at New South Wales Waratahs. And, and Michael Foley will be assistant to Alan Gaffney in what in some regard. You're telling me, Matty, that when you went overseas to play, you were just slightly past your best. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? I was slightly on a, uh, a deck chair. I think it's t- 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 good, good use of words before. Uh, yeah, you just put it in the middle of the field and just point and direct, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I do like the fact that David Pocock in his letter, his open letter to the supporters, did talk about family being important. He, used, he used to talks about his wife, Em, and how important that uh, you know th- that she's part of the process, which is, uh, I think, a key thing. But he's obviously on the East Coast. He'd be closer to family. Uh, so for him, it's both a, 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 you know, it's a business, but it's also a personal decision. So it's but I think also with Jake argue. White too, um, yeah. Tony. Like Jake White being South African, a really high-profile coach, and David Pocock can develop his game further if there's any further to go. Um, but I think it's a, I think it's a good call from David Pocock. He's he's been loyal for a long, long time, and now it's it's time for a new challenge for him. All right, as we mentioned, we will talk to Will Genia. It's interesting to see his take on David Pocock heading to the Brumbies. So we'll talk to him uh, after nine thirty. This is the Ruck. This is the Ruck. Lightning crashes. That is live on the Ruck, your Sunday rugby show that takes in all things rugby. Then, of course, we have a glancing blows at other sports, including something that is probably in front of mind. It is called the Festival of the Rings. It is in London. It is 2012. Uh, before we get there in the opening ceremony and the results uh, overnight, I did notice you do do a bit of air guitar. Do you actually play real guitar, Matt Burke? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 uh, the boys used to take the guitar away on tour. Rafi was very 
very good. Joe Roth was very good. Ah, yeah. Tim Gavin, flying winger, the flying winger was yeah. was very good, and, and sometimes he used to sneak a Tim a Gavin strum. Yeah, great big country boy, big, big country raw boy. boned country boy Just with used the guitar. To have a bit of straw coming out did of he, the, the mouth. Did he feature country and western music? He's, was no, that... he's got a bit of everything. He's, he's more uh, he's more on the sort of seventies, eighties Stones type number. But he's in a band, um, uh, Timmy, isn't he? He. His lead guitarist in a band and the rest of it, yeah, it goes well. Yeah, no, there was always a good sing-along after a game in a, uh, in a dressing room. There's always someone with a guitar, or I think they can play it anyway. Willie Offen and Gow, I used to, to, uh, to sometimes Have play it as well. Oh, that's beautiful. So in the bus, the guitar would come out? Uh, after a... Almost if, famous if, style. Yeah, if, if you won, it would come out. If you lost, it was very quiet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just smashing it across the back of a seat somewhere. <laughs> so you wouldn't have featured in the opening ceremony of London 2012. Tim, did you catch it? I did see it. Yeah, it was uh, a great uh, experience for everyone who would have been over there in London watching it. And um, it's amazing to see still a couple of empty seats in different events, though. But you think it would have been sold. It was great to see the the, the road race, the cycling with um, you know two hundred and fifty kilometres. Yeah. And everywhere you looked, there was people watching. I thought it was a, a fantastic event. But um, interesting to see that um, the Queen was involved in the opening ceremony. <laughs> yes, parachuting out of the plane. <laughs> yes, really yeah. Fantastic. One was know, very just, amused. One yeah. was. And Dan- <laughs> was Daniel Craig. The obviously the actor from uh, 007, the Bond, yep. was in uh, went into Buckingham Palace. I wonder if he did what the Wallabies did many years ago and steal a few teaspoons <laughs> on his way out. <laughs> exactly right. It's supposed to be worth a bit. Now, in terms of uh, what's happening in the sports themselves, there were some surprises in the swimming. Look, there's pressure on people who, and this is the thing about uh, this event. Every four years, now to actually be at your peak for a number. Mm. of these things is quite phenomenal. So, someone like Michael Phelps, who only has to get, I think, three medals of any colour to break all records, uh, many would have expected he would have got his first in the 400 individual medley, but he hasn't. He came in fourth. Ryan Lochte, who I think will be the swimmer of the meet. He is amazing, That's amazing steady. swimmer. Yep. Wingspan is just phenomenal, isn't it? Well, uh, Phelps, only, he only qualified eighth. He only just got in by about two one-hundredths of a second just to get into the final. Yeah, that's right. So he, he he's missed out there. In the, in the women's, of course, Stephanie Rice defending three gold medals from Beijing and she was uh, very upset afterwards. She's got had that shoulder. She's had a very interrupted lead in, hasn't she? And she, I think, came sixth in, in that race, won by a Chinese uh, that Yi who, in, in a world record time. 16 years, 16 years old. But for you, Berkey, the, the great moment must have been you would have been watching it uh, live on the telly this morning because you're an Australian and you love to support Australia. Uh, it was the women's 4x100 uh, relay and Mel Schlanger, Schlanger. Uh, just amazing that final leg to come through and win in uh, Olympic record time. It's amazing how much you yell at the television, isn't it? You, you, you're 10,000 <laughs> kilometres yeah. away, exactly right, and, and, you, uh, and, you, and you throw it out there. But it was a great, um, it was a great relay. Remembering they have a number of uh, athletes who can swim that as well. So they, they change around from the... Yeah, Libby Trickett had gone the, in the earlier. From the the semi, that, yeah. But they all get the gold medal as well. So there's only oh, four... Oh, do they? Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. only four who actually swim the final. And What they hand out, whoever has been part of it. Correct. So they might hand out seven or eight medals. That's exactly right. So Alicia Coots, Kate Campbell, uh, Brett Elmsey, and then... Uh, or Brit Elms, I should say, and then Mel Schlanger coming at the end there. Fantastic. They're all, they're all, they're all Queenslanders, aren't they? They are. Well, in fact, oh, that's why I said red. That was the question, yes. wasn't it? Yes, that's it. <laughs> the nickname for the relay team, because it's Mel Schlanger at the end, is the Alfie Schlangers, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> very, very Queensland. I do love it. Have you seen the size of the gold medal? It's like a dinner plate. 
They're giant things. Maybe I was just watching a gymnastics ceremony. It was just a very, very tiny person now that I think about it out loud. The Opals, 74, have beaten Great Britain in the basketball, 58, which is a terrific start for them. And the beach volleyball, I don't know why they play beach volleyball at night, because the girls are wearing, like, neck to knee, mm. uh, like from the 20s, <laughs> swim, swim uh, Natalie Cook and Hensley uh, went down to the USA, of course, who are huge favourites, 2-0, uh, two sets nil. So there you go. There is your Festival of the Rings update. This is The Rock. This is The Rock. It's your Sunday rugby show, and I'm just going to do something, Tim, uh, Tim Horan, Matt Burke, without really giving you any information beforehand, because as an Australian, we were just talking about the Festival of the Rings, and, and Burke, you said about jumping up and screaming at the, the TV when the Aussies are doing, even though they're not doing well, just trying to urge them. Uh, with Super 15 Rugby, sadly, there are no Australian teams for us to stand on. I'm, I'm worried what I'm going to do. Am I going to go to Hamilton next Saturday night? Uh, yeah, who, like, who are we going to cheer for? We're going to cheer for... The people we have the biggest rivalry with, yeah, our cousins from across the creek. That's right. Or oh. do we go for you know our mates in South Africa? Anyone like, who's playing against Sonny Bill Williams. There's got to be some sort of Anzac spirit there, hasn't there? That's exactly right to me. But that seems to be the way, isn't it? It's all, it's all about tribalism. So in that regard, because we don't have, have an Australian team, and then of course we have the you know the the rugby championships coming up, we've got a little wait for that with the Australians. I just I just need some more Australian mm. rugby input. And, and I need to celebrate it. So I'm just thinking, this is just off the top of my head, and I don't know if you boys can help me or if, in fact, our listeners can help us. I reckon what we should do is relive some of the great moments of Australian rugby. Now, most of them clearly will involve you two gentlemen. None of them will involve me, apart from the, the spot on the couch I've been sitting on. So I, I, so over the next, I don't know, we do, what, five, ten? Mm. There'd be 10? Yeah, absolutely. 10 top great ten. moments. Top ten. A yep. top 10. Yeah. So I don't know how we'd do this. What we'd, we'd probably, we can count them down. So we go from 10. You know, that seems to be the simple process, yeah. the, way, the obvious way to go about it. So if I was to th- say to you two right now, without having given you much warning, uh, just throw a couple at me now so we can start to think about this. We'll, See, we'll hard, formulate them. I'm, you know, they don't have to. I could think well, of... Well, things, things like probably, you know, your Steve Larkin drop goal uh, yes. uh, in the semi-final, mm-hmm. 99 World Cup. Those type of... I mean, Greg Cornelson's four tries against the All Blacks uh, many, tries. many years ago. Yeah, that so. is good. What about... Well, uh, wait a second before you go on, Burke. When you said the Steve Larkin drop goal, yeah. uh, Matt Burke's eyebrow, left eyebrow, went up. Why Why is that, Burke? Oh, no, that's all right. You know, Bernie kicked three you know, three points that day, one one lucky field goal. And, and, and what did you get, Burke? You were seven 20, from I, eight or I something? I 24 yeah. that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. That's all right. No, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not being no twisted on. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. you're, you're the bloke who was standing at the other end of the cricket pitch when Don Bradman got the duck so he didn't get his 100 <laughs> average. He got 100 that day. Who no, was he? No idea. That's right. Nobody remembers oh, uh, John Eels pulling his head out of the ruck and kicking that winning oh, penalty goal yes. mm. when yes. Berkey should have should have taken the kick there's <laughs> <laughs> that the, the, the Georgie Grigg and the famous Georgie Grigg tackle I've seen you go, you go to a lot of places and blokes have their bars there's that, always that long was obviously a memorabilia the long thin photograph of Georgie Grigg and, mm. and the, was it the football stadium in Sydney that tackle in the corner but I think uh, that was it, I think that was test match number four for him he played another 130 Five after that, and he did nothing though. So you know, he, he lived <laughs> off that one tackle for all those years. <laughs> There's got to be some Campo goose stepping moment, or, or throwing the ball behind the try line. When was that? What bit? about uh, the over the shoulder pass? Ninety-one Tim Horan try v. New I Zealand. think it was the All Blacks in Dunedin, in, um, in Dublin. I think it was the All Blacks. <laughs> you've got, a, you've got <laughs> that memorabilia piece plastered around your wall. That's the wallpaper <laughs> with your gold on the ceiling. <laughs> All right, so, okay, what we do, if we can, we'll, we'll count them down. 
We'll mm. count them down and we'll try to find either we can chat to the people involved or we can, you know, actually hear, relive the moment is what we want to do over the next 10 weeks. Yeah, we'll get uh, a few of the boys on the phone. Like that's I, exactly uh, right. Todd Kefu's try in John Eels' last test match. Under the post, um, was it? Under I the post, yeah. yeah. So we'll get, we'll get Todd Kefu on the phone and have a chat to him about that moment where, you know, John Eels said that, you know, he's going to buy him a beer for his rest of his life and he still hasn't shouted at him. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to get John Eels on the show at some stage to defend himself at as last, well. last Right of reply to John Eels at some point over the next 10 weeks. That will happen as well. If you want to help us out, we're on uh, Twitter at The Ruck Show and Facebook. If you've got any ideas, any of the great moments that you would love to relive or hear from the people who are involved uh, as well, love to hear from you to help us out. If there's any, uh, if you're struggling for any ideas, the, the Matt Burke DVD and books out there as well, if you want to go this and This is it. The Ruck, <laughs> your Sunday rugby show, and you are shameless. This is The Ruck. We're joined once again by uh, Reds and Wallaby halfback, the man named the Super Rugby Australian Super Rugby Player of the Year, Will Genia. Congratulations, Will, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much, mate, and thanks for having me. Hey, mate, uh, we were talking earlier, and I don't know if you can help us out here, uh, about the finals. Like, there's no Aussie teams there. Saturday night in Hamilton, I mean, I've never been to Hamilton, but I don't know whether to go, whether to go to the hotel, uh, go to a pub. You know, we want to get in a situation where we're cheering somebody on. Who are we going for? Who, who do you think should win? Who will you be cheering for on Saturday night? I think both sides would be deserving winners. You had a Sharks having had to do it the hard way, travelling to, to Australia and then back to South Africa and then obviously to, to Hamilton. But I think uh, yeah, both sides would be deserve, deserving winners. Uh, I'll be cheering for the Chiefs, though, because I really enjoy watching them play and the way they play the game. Hey, Will, Tim here, mate. Uh, you must have had a, a good break the last week or so, but I know you've played every minute of Super Rugby this season. Uh, Robbie Deans has got his Wallaby squad together. He gave you a week off, did he, uh, last week? Yeah, I was lucky enough to get the week off. He sent me a text straight after the loss to the Sharks and said camp wasn't for me, and I've really enjoyed it. I think um, just I think the body definitely needed it, and just just to rest up, obviously for a you know, more intense rest of the year, you know, towards with, with obviously the rugby championship and whatnot. But I want to ask you very quickly. Obviously, you would have heard David Pocock um, has uh, leaving the Western Force and and joining the the ACT Brumbies. Um, your decision to um, you know probably backflipping away not to sign with the Western Force did were you talking to David Pocock at the time about that because obviously that was probably a major factor in him leaving the club that they couldn't secure any you know major major players or a coach oh yeah I was speaking to him during during that time obviously if, if I was to to go there it would it would definitely be because he was staying and I think he said to me that you know there was a potential if I went that he would stay so we, we were in touch and speaking through those things but I guess the way it's all eventuated, um, yeah, he's, he's looked to move on. He's obviously chasing success and sees that it's uh, it's probably going to happen more likely at the Brumbies rather than the Force. Well, you got uh, the award the other night, uh, or the other day, I should say, congratulations, but in amongst the team performances from the Reds, is there one moment that stands out that just went, wow, this is a, this is a great time playing for the Reds this year? Um. Man, I think we're just looking back on it, just the way that we had to do it the tough way to make the finals. Um, I think that that really is, is very satisfying. Just um, we, you know, a lot of people wrote us off, and we had to fight and and, and really push to, to to put ourselves in that position. We showed a lot of character, and I think just never losing belief within ourselves and within the group to to qualify for the finals. And I think when we, we really had to stand up in that last game against the Waratahs and. You know, the pressure was on us to score four tries to to win and uh, to get to the finals, and we did. So I think that's the most satisfying thing for me with the season. Now, give us an insight. Who's the biggest pest in the team? 
Oh, we had a doubt, James Hall. <laughs> and he wasn't there, though? No, he wasn't there. But he still was a pest? Mate, he's still a pest. He just hangs around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of hanging around, uh, you have been recovering from an incredibly intense season, uh, getting the body right, just uh, sitting on the couch. I understand part of that uh, process has been just turn the telly on and watching some movies. Uh, what's been your favourite, what's been your top movie of Will Genia's week? Uh, I actually went to the movies to watch uh, The Dark Knight Rises. That was a uh, pretty special movie, I thought. Yeah. Dark Knight, okay, so that's your number one. Have any, you any others? Any couch time? Any couch time, <laughs> yeah. I've been watching, mate, I've been watching Day, days of well. our, You'd be Days of Our Lives, wouldn't you, Just Will? catching up. <laughs> no, that's, that's you, Timmy, mate. Days of Our Lives, does that still exist, Tim Horan? You, still, you, you can record it now, yeah. <laughs> all, all the episodes. <laughs> hey, Will, listen, I want to ask you um, one, one question without notice. Um, I, know, I know you love watching junior rugby and junior club rugby or school rugby. Um, I've always had a, a thought that potentially... In the under nine, under ten, under eleven, under twelve age group, they're they're looking to potentially go to weight divisions. Um, and what, what's your thought on that? Um, I don't know. I've actually thought about that before. I think oh, I prefer just the age group. I mean, you can have weight the weight weight limits as as to differentiate differentiating who plays with who. But I think um, you've got to be able to play with your own age group. I mean, as a young kid, if you're obviously really big and then you have to play with older kids to, because you are heavier. Uh, you, you miss out on that opportunity playing with your mates or playing with different people. Yeah. And that, I, I think it's a bit unfair, to be honest. Yeah, I know, I know they've trialled it in New Zealand a fair bit. They trialled on the on the Gold Coast many years ago. Um, I, I'm not sure whether it'll come in, but I know there's uh, a push for it in Australian Rugby Union as well. Will Gennier, look, it's always uh, good to talk to you. Thanks so much for being part of the show. I uh, hope you have enjoyed your week off. Get back into that uh, Wallabies jersey. Look forward to your uh, performances over the next little while in the rugby championships. Thanks, mate. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Will. There he goes, the Australian Super Rugby Player of the Year, Will Gennier, on the Ruck. This is the Ruck. Incredibly successful, though, that song. This is The Rock. It's your Sunday rugby show. Sadly, it's time for us to wrap up. We did uh, launch. wasn't really the official launch. From next week, we're going to count down the top ten moments of Australian rugby. Uh, we want your help. We mentioned a few of them. And you can, of course, go to Twitter at The Ruck Show and Facebook, just as Nelson York did. What a great name. Fantastic. Nelson York. Sometimes York, I mean, it's a million possibilities, but mm. Nelson is a very good... Nelson York. Just needs a hyphen on it to be a very rugby... Rugby name. Spin it, <laughs> Nelson! Uh, <laughs> well, he, he, his suggestion is another very great good. name too, Sterling Mortlock, uh, whose name Sterling Mortlock, I think, uh, now that he's finished rugby, he oh, should yes. set up the private investigator, Sterling Mortlock Investigates. P.I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, P.I. It would work. He oh, in, Intercept. Try that, yes, yes. Semi final against the All Blacks 2003. It's a great suggestion. Mm. Uh, we may go there. We, we're counting, we will count down from next week the top 10 moments in Australian rugby. And I as didn't said, want to, uh, I didn't want to bring that up because, um, yeah. I had it in my list, but I didn't want to bring it up because he actually took my spot in that 03 World Cup, so I didn't want to you know, promote him too much. Right, so l- let me get this straight. The two things we've <laughs> talked about are Bernie Lark oh. and Phil Goal. You, you're, you know, bitter, bitter and twisted because you scored 22 points in the same game. Nobody <laughs> mentions it in any rugby lunch. Uh, and uh, that Sterling Mortlock's intercept and he took your spot. It's just all about memorabilia pieces mm. and those blokes just loaded up and yeah. I got nothing. Are you a little bit moi-centric? Well, moi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been great being with you today. Uh, just a reminder, finals time. Saturday night in Hamilton, that's the place to be, the Chiefs and the Sharks. Who's going to win and why? Very quickly in uh, five words or less. Sharkies, because they run the ball so well.
<laughs> I'm not going to give you five words or less. I'm going to say that. The, the, so well. Eight. Okay, you've got ten, Tim. I'm going to go, yeah, a lot more than that. Well, the Chiefs, I think they've been the best team all year, and the Chiefs will win in Hamilton. Um, interesting. I don't think they'll move the game to Eden Park to have 55,000 people. They'll stay at Hamilton with their 25,000 cowbells, and they'll win. But also, <laughs> you've got a stat you've got for me, haven't you? Yeah, what about this? What about this in the, the London 2012, What that little sporting event that's on at the moment? Mm-hmm. End, of, end of day two, the games, yeah. the medal count, Australia mm-hmm. won, Great Britain nil. Ah, cut it oh. out and keep it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How long will that last? <laughs> exactly. This is a rock. It's been great spending an hour with you. Catch up again next week. See you.